Justin Turner declined his player option for the 2024 season with the Boston Red Sox, but that doesn't mean a reunion won't happen. Tune into today's episode of Locked on Red Sox, where I explain why his return could very much be possible. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. And who doesn't love free? If you love free, then you should absolutely tune in and make the show your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. You can also make Sirius XM your last listen of every day. If you just download the app and search Red Sox, you can get the home broadcast of every game for free straight to your phone so that you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball. And in 2024, they will have a better season, regardless of if one of their best, most consistent players on the 2023 roster in Justin Turner does return. When Boston signed him, they signed him for 2023 with a player option for 2024. Basically, that means that he can decide whether he wants to come back for 2024 on the fixed salary that they set with him or he doesn't exercise that option and he tests free agency instead. He chose, to nobody's surprise from what I'm seeing, to test free agency. And with the season he had in 2023, he owes it to himself to test out free agency. He was Mr. Clutch, the Red Sox most consistent hitter all season long. And It really goes without saying how strong of a clubhouse leader he was for this Boston Red Sox team. He and his wife, Courtney, really embraced everything that being in Boston is all about. And they were so active on Twitter. He was so active with making sure that he was thanking the fans for all the support constantly throughout the 2023 season. So you couldn't help but fall in love with him and what he did for Boston. Now, when he came in, I was excited about the signing from a leadership standpoint, but I did not expect him to have the type of season at the plate that he had. He truly was remarkable in the way that he was able to showcase his talent and have one of the best seasons he's had in his career. And I think he had an absolute blast doing it. Regardless of the fact that the Red Sox didn't make the postseason and things didn't go as they had hoped for the 2023 season, he can still look back and be proud of the personal accolades that he achieved 
during the season. Because of all of that and because of how good of a season he had, he likely will be a very well-desired player in free agency. And now with free agency quickly approaching and players wanting to figure out what's best for them, he owes it to himself to test the market and see if there is a better opportunity out there for him. Now, just a reminder on the 2023 season that he did have, he ended the season with a 276 batting average and 23 home runs with 154 total hits. He recorded 96 RBIs and four stolen bases, which he's not the fastest guy in the world. So the fact that he was even able to collect a few stolen bases is good for him. And he had a 345 on base percentage and 455 slugging. He truly was putting up competitive offensive numbers. And if I'm an opposing team, that's the type of guy I want on my team. And will he have the type of season at the plate that he had in 2023? Most likely not. But if you're getting a good chunk of that and you're getting Justin Turner, the leader that can really be that guy in the clubhouse who can help lead your team. That's huge for camaraderie purposes. And so he's going to be a well-desired guy come this free agent market. So it's only right that he goes and tests free agency. I'm not faulting him for it. I think it was the right thing for him to do. Now, him testing free agency does not mean that a Red Sox reunion is not possible for him. If the Red Sox go out there and they offer him a competitive salary and they're genuinely competing with the other clubs out there that are interested in him, then they could be right in the mix to get him back. The fact that he's familiar with Boston now and he enjoyed playing here and he had that success here, it gives them a leg up over some other teams. But what they can't do is cheap out on it and offer him a deal that's not even close to what other teams are offering. On that same token, the Red Sox have to decide whether they want him back. Do they think that he's worth bringing back on another one-year deal, maybe primarily to DH and platoon first base a little bit with Casas like he was doing in 2023? Or do they feel like they might want to move somebody else internally to DH? They might want to do that. And people are saying Yoshida maybe at the end of his contract, but certainly not right now. Certainly not Devers right now. Do they bring Duvall back and do they have him primarily DH? There are question marks right now surrounding who they see as the primary DH for this team. If they don't, bring Justin Turner back. They do need to figure out who can be their consistent designated hitter. And they've had some pretty good luck with DHs lately. Obviously Turner having the season he had, but even before that with JD Martinez, when he was primarily DHing and he just absolutely went off in that 2018 season when they won the world series. So they've gotten a little bit lucky with their last couple primary DHs. So what are they going to do with Turner, do they feel like they want to prioritize him? If they don't want to prioritize him, I don't see them trying to throw a competitive amount of money at him if they feel like they can fill a lot of the holes they have internally. But if they decide 
to let him go elsewhere and they don't want to bring him back and they don't feel like his position is as valuable as fans, myself included, might weigh it out to be. And if that's the case, they do need to bring in somebody else who has those leadership qualities that Turner had, because that to me far outweighed the on-field stuff. What the young players that this Red Sox team has and how long they've been trying to prioritize revamping this farm system and acquiring some players that have a shot to make it at the big league level with how focused they've been on that. There's a lot of young talent now and young players who are starting to get their opportunity up in the majors and having Justin Turner there to help some of those guys in 2023, I feel was a very good thing for them. And if Turner does not return, they still need to get somebody to play that role and be that heart of the clubhouse that Turner was. Is that guy Raphael Devers? I don't know. Possibly. I don't think he's quite there yet, though. I think he's still handling the pressure of trying to navigate through this contract that he just got and how he's going to perform at his best under those circumstances. So if it's not Justin Turner, I think they need to bring in somebody from the outside like they did last year that can fill that clubhouse void that they will be missing with Turner. So this is all on the Red Sox. First of all, they have to decide whether they value Turner or they feel like he's worth bringing back. But either way, they need to make a decision on that. And whatever they decide, I will support and hope that it works out. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about another couple players that the Red Sox are choosing to not bring back for the 2024 season, and that may or may not be good news to you. Something else that could be good news to you is how much money you can win on FanDuel, the number one sports betting app. It seriously is so great. You can bet on a variety of different sports all at the same time, have a lot of different parlays and bets going on different things. So now that it's basketball season, there's so many NBA bets that you can make on there as well as football ones because NFL is about halfway through the regular season now. So you can bet on the anytime touchdowns or, um, you know, how many touchdown passes is Patrick Mahomes going to have in a game or with NBA, how many points LeBron will score. Is it going to be over 20 that night? So there's a lot of different fun bets that you can make, but FanDuel will ensure that whatever bets you decide to make, you will make a lot of money on it. And what's cool is they do give you bonus money. I think my fiance just got $10 in bonus money from FanDuel the other day that he was able to use on a bet that he made. So that's something that's unique to FanDuel that not every sports betting site offers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
you definitely should head to FanDuel because you totally will not be disappointed. And if you're looking to win a lot of money, that will help you out with that. Something else you should also do is download the SiriusXM app because you can actually get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game for free straight to your phone so you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball. Doesn't that sound awesome? If you're anything like me, it bothers you truly to miss a game and a pitch even. If I miss a couple pitches, I'll go back to them so that I can see them when I'm watching a game. That's just how I am. If you are that obsessed like I am, where it's borderline a problem and an addiction, it's a good addiction to have is Red Sox baseball. Download that SiriusXM app because that way when you can't be in front of your TV watching the game in full, you can at least listen to it and follow with what's going on. So download the SiriusXM app today. The Boston Red Sox recently announced that they declined Joely Rodriguez 2024 club option, and they also declined Corey Kluber's 2024 club option. So basically the way it works is Justin Turner had a player option, so it was his choice whether he wanted to return in 2024. With Corey Kluber and Joely Rodriguez, it was a team decision. A club option means club, the baseball club, the organization gets to pick whether they want to bring you back for the next season. And in the cases of Corey Kluber and Joely Rodriguez, they chose not to. The Corey Kluber situation should not come as a surprise to anybody. He had a very bad season in Boston and was showing zero hopes of turning that around. He finished the season with a 7.04 ERA between the bullpen and his time starting. He went 3 and 6 over 15 games pitched, um, and he just could not figure things out. He started as a starter, was the opening day starter, got moved to the bullpen, still couldn't figure it out, and then got injured to end the season. So it was just an absolute mess of the Corey Kluber show in the most negative way possible, and My problem was I saw this coming a mile away when they signed him. I said, Kluber really doesn't have much left in the tank. And why you think he does, I'm not sure. It was just the Red Sox pulling one of those cheap moves of, we'll get this guy for a year as a bridge. And if he works out for us, great, because then we'll look like geniuses. It was a very low risk, high reward signing from their perspective, but it ended up being very low reward. He didn't contribute, so it shouldn't be really to anybody's surprise that the Red Sox will not be bringing him back in 2024. This is the first step in the right direction towards refocusing their efforts on that pitching staff. Craig Breslow acknowledged in his first press conference that he knows that pitching is this team's biggest need right now. And the fact that he's able to know that and recognize that is very promising. And it shows that he likely will prioritize that. And by letting Kluber go, it shows that the Red Sox aren't willing to just run it back the same way that they had it last year. They know that changes need to be made. And that starts with getting rid of some of their internal players who were unreliable. So Kluber was the least reliable pitcher 
on this Red Sox team to me. So I'm glad they're parting ways with him. Another pitcher they're parting ways with who unfortunately has dealt with quite a few injuries is Joely Rodriguez. He ended the season with a 655 earned run average over 11 games pitched. Um, it's unfortunately a pretty small sample size with him because we didn't really get to see a lot of him due to the fact that he was sidelined with an injury. Um, so it's hard to go based off of his ERA or really a lot of his pitching stats in general and say that he was not very good um, just because he kind of got the short end of the stick in terms of his ability to bounce back and pitch the way that he was expected to pitch in Boston. It's a tough environment for anybody to pitch in. And for somebody who might be rusty and hasn't really pitched in a while, that intensity could only be increased feeling like they have to put on an impressive show for people watching. And Joely, to me, I think had more in the tank than what we were able to see. So it's definitely unfortunate that things went down with him the way that they did. But the Red Sox are not in the position right now where they can be taking chances with guys. They are in the position now where they have to be sure of what they're doing and they need to revamp the pitching staff and get rid of anybody who's a weak link or a question mark. And obviously with Joely, they don't want to take the risk that he won't be able to come back and pitch more effectively. And that's a good thing because the bullpen towards the end of the season was very much getting fatigued and guys were being overworked, but there were a few weaker links in that bullpen and they're starting to weed those guys out. And that's a promising sign moving forward. When it comes to the Rodriguez situation, he was not given as many opportunities as some of these other pitchers in here, but it was still enough to feel like I'd be hesitant to feel confident in him in 2024. So I can't sit here and say, you know, he definitely would have just been a very awful asset to this team, but I can't say confidently that he would have been a good asset next year. It's just not long enough. So the Red Sox said, we can't exercise a club option. So good luck testing free agency. This pitching staff is really in a position where they need to be revamped. And the Red Sox seem motivated to fix that and actually make that happen. And these are just small steps towards making that happen. It'll be interesting to see now what directions they go in, who they want to utilize, where that they already have on their pitching staff. It sounds like they want to acquire two starting pitchers to go into that rotation and then have Brian Bayo in there, and they feel like the back half of what they have in how Crawford, maybe a little bit of Whitlock, is strong enough for that second half of the rotation, and Chris Sale for his last year of his contract too. So they seem like they understand what they have to do here, and it's going to involve letting people go who didn't perform at their best at the major league level in 2023. So the Red Sox to me made the right decision by not exercising the club option for either of these guys, because there are definitely better options out there. I'm going to be talking about 
a guy who had a very exciting defensive season in Boston in 2023 and was in the running for his first Gold Glove Award. That's coming up next. Don't forget that you can subscribe to Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform for free. New episodes Monday through Friday straight to your phone. So if you make it your first listen of every day, you know there will be an episode the next day to help you out on that commute to work on a Monday and you're dragging from the weekend and you don't want to go in and hopefully the show can help get your day started. And when we have exciting news coming up in Red Sox Nation, I will be here to share all of that and talk about all of it. And now that we're hitting free agency, I'm sure the Red Sox will be starting to make some of those types of moves soon. So it'll be a very exciting off season because of where the Red Sox are at with all the moves they have to make. Sometimes the off season can be a little uneventful because the Red Sox don't make moves till the very end. And Heim Bloom was notorious for that. He loved to wait until it was later on in the off season before he made the moves necessary because he wanted to see what was out there. But I remember sitting through the whole beginning part of the off season and it was an absolute drag because I just wanted to know who the Red Sox were signing. So I will be here through it all, even through the patiently waiting. So keep making the show your first listen of every day. And also don't forget that you can listen to other Locked On shows like Locked On MLB Prospects, Locked On MLB, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Bruins, Locked On Patriots. They are all here in the fold. We have great hosts on this network who do a great job. So be sure to check out those shows as well. And also follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10 and continue the conversation that way. I also will be bringing on some other cool guests throughout the rest of this offseason. Leave me a comment or a tweet for your top choice guest you would like to see on the show, and I will do my absolute best to make it happen. Is there a specific person you've been dying to hear an interview from? on the show that you might want me to sit down with and learn more about, let me know in the comments on YouTube or send me a tweet because I always love hearing the feedback. The Boston Red Sox had an outfielder in 2023 who offensively wasn't up to par with what people expected from him or he could have been. But he still had a decent offensive season. He struggled a lot to really find his swing. And he had some attitude problems during the season, which caused Alex Cora to bench him a couple times. And there was definitely a little bit of tension there. But defensively, he had a very good season. Alex Verdugo, he was one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball this season. So in 2023, his PO, which is basically a put out, that measures if the fielder is the one who physically records the act of completing an out, whether that's by stepping on a base, tagging a runner, catching a ball, or anything like that, or throwing somebody out. That fielder is the one physically making the play to get the batter out or the runner. And in 2023, 
Verdugo had 293 total pullouts, which is a good number. That means basically 293 times he was responsible for making that out happen. His fielding percentage was a 990, which is, again, very high. He really took a liking to playing in that right field at Fenway, it seemed like, and he got more and more comfortable with being out there. And that's promising for anybody because it's a very tough outfield to play in. And if you find somebody who can play it and play it well, then defensively, you'll be well off. So because of the impressive defensive numbers that he was putting up in 2023, he was a finalist for his first Gold Glove Award. This is his first time ever being a finalist. And unfortunately, he came up short. It was announced that Rangers Adolis Garcia beat out Verdugo as well as Houston's Kyle Tucker for the honor. And I mean... Garcia is also a fantastic choice. That man had an unbelievable postseason during the Rangers World Series run. And there was just not much he couldn't do. And from a fielding perspective, he made some beautiful plays during the regular season out in the outfield. So it's only expected that him winning it wouldn't really come as a surprise to people. He's so talented. Alex Verdugo... Certainly gave him a run for his money, though. He led all American League right fielders with nine defensive runs saved, which was also good for third among all American League outfielders in general and eighth across all positions. He also had 12 outfield assists, and his arm strength ranked in the 95th percentile. Um, He also only made three errors in 140 games, which was the best on the team. Um... So it's really too bad that he couldn't figure it out as much at the plate and he had those couple attitude issues and needed to be benched because he comes with a great outfield glove and a great outfield arm. And the fact that he was a gold glove finalist to me only enforces the fact that it could be likely that the Red Sox end up trading him this offseason. They should be aggressive on the free agency market first, but if they want to move into the trade market and make some moves that way to acquire some players, then Alex Verdugo to me is still the number one trade candidate on this team. And his value will be increased because of how good his defense was in the 2023 season. If a team feels like they need a great outfield defender because they have maybe a struggling outfield and they need somebody to come in and be a reinforcement for that outfield, but they don't necessarily need the big bat from him because they already have big bats in their lineup. I'm sure a team like that would be willing to offer the Red Sox quite a bit for him. So they should certainly, if they're looking into trades or if there's a pitcher that they want that is available and on the trade market, they should look into it and throw Verdugo's name in there as one of the core pieces in that trade. If he didn't have the season he had defensively, it would be tough to do that if you're just looking at his offensive numbers. But because he saved himself by having the defensive season that he had, 
he's worth the Red Sox trying to at least explore the options on and see what's out there. And he can't be the only return piece in a trade for a solid pitcher of the caliber that the Red Sox are looking for, but he can at least be the centerpiece and they can put a few pieces around him to make it worthwhile for a team to want to bite and make that move. He's a very resourceful piece. If he stays, he'll be able to still bring that great defense to the Red Sox outfield. But if he goes, he'll bring that great outfield defense elsewhere. But the Red Sox will likely get a good return on an immediate need that they have. So it's kind of a win-win with him right now. He put the Red Sox in a good spot with him. So it's just a matter of what do they want to do with him? Does he stay? Does he go? It's only a matter of time before we find out, but congrats to him on being a finalist for the Gold Glove Award, even though he did fall up short. If he continues to play defense the way that he has, he'll be up for it again in no time. As I always like to say, keep the faith, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.